You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Dave, how are you doing today? Not bad, Nick. How are you? Beautiful day for our 100th podcast. Can you believe that? Wow. It only seems like 200. (laughs) 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 No, seriously. Yeah, I can't believe we've uh, we've done a hundred of these. But, you know, thinking back, it's been about two years and we try to do one a week, give or take. So shouldn't be too shocked, right? Yeah. I don't know what's uh, more impressive. The fact that we finished a hundred or according to the statistics, people have listened to it a hundred episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, all 10 of our listeners a thousand times over. Uh, too fun. I enjoy doing it. So uh, here's to the next hundred. How about that? There you go. There you go. So what's on tap for today, Dave? So the, the title is going to sound a little funny, but th- this came out of a blog article I wrote a little while back and kind of came out of an epiphany I had in a planning meeting with clients several years ago. But it's probably something that every planner reaches after a while, but sometimes it you know takes a little longer for others, I guess. But we're going to talk about working at retirement goals from both ends. And what we mean by that is, I guess it's, it's maybe easiest to explain it with a scenario. You know, a lot of times folks will come in and we'll do financial planning and we'll have to say to them, you're going to have to increase your savings, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and so what happens when you're, if you're going to increase your savings now, it means you have to reduce your spending, Right. As far as I know, everything right? has to equal up to one hundred percent. It's 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 pretty pretty basic algebra, and I'm I'm not a math whiz, as many of my clients will tell you when I pull out my calculator during meetings. But those those parts of the equation have to balance. So, what happens when you lower your spending now? Well, when we come up with retirement goals, I mean. We, when people are close to retirement, we can get a lot more specific, but say for younger clients, a lot of times it's, it's kind of formulaic, right? Like, mm-hmm. like if you're spending X now, we probably need to replace Y of your salary to fund retirement or Y, you know, a certain percentage of your current spending is what you're going to need in retirement. And so obviously if we can lower that part of the equation on the front end, it also lowers it on the back end, Right. Right. Yeah. Theoretically. Yeah, absolutely. So, so if you're spending a hundred thousand dollars a year now and we tell you, you have to save another $6,000 a year and now you're spending 94,000, then that's a little bit less that we have to replace in retirement because most people psychologically don't expect to spend more in retirement. Right. And then the reason the other, the other effect of that is that money's being saved towards that goal of retirement, which is now a smaller need. So you're kind of accelerating the whole program in a way. Yeah, absolutely. So essentially what I I hear you saying is by saving more, you're ultimately spending less unless you're really doing something that you shouldn't, like leveraging yourself out. (laughs) Theoretically, (laughs) by saving more, you're spending less. And the benefit of that is not only are you saving more and compounding that over time, but also when it comes to retirement, because you're used to living on less money now, you don't need as much in retirement because you're lifestyle is based on a lower amount. Exactly. And at the same time, that surplus was hopefully saved and invested for retirement. 
So now you've also got more assets available to fund that now slightly lower need. So Mm -hmm. the effect of this is that a lot of times small changes or changes that may seem insignificant on the front end, say 20 years out from retirement, have a big effect you know, when we project things out to somebody's needs when they're 60 or 70. Yeah, absolutely. I guess, you know, one of the key takeaways with clients in those conversations is usually, hey, the plan may not work well, you know, as it currently stands, but it's really not as hard as you, it's not like an insurmountable thing. It takes discipline. It takes some Mm -hmm. sacrifice, but it's not like you need to go live in your, um, your favorite uh, analogy of living in a cardboard box under an overpass and saving all your money, you know? So we kind of, we, you know, I, I see it in, in a, a couple different scenarios. One is, you know, the young retirees that we, Mm -hmm. that we talk to that, you know, that like saving a couple thousand now and reducing your spending has a huge compound effect down the road. But also too, a lot of times it comes into play with, you know, we'll get those folks that come in and they're 58, 59, 60, things haven't been, they haven't taken care of their retirement planning as they should have, I guess mm-hmm. is the best way to put it. And now for whatever reason, you know, they're staring at retirement that's not too far away. Mm-hmm. And even in those scenarios, a lot of times we can close those gaps. It, it can be more painful the longer you wait. Obviously, the mm-hmm. bigger the differences are and the harder it can be to change as well. But it, it still often isn't that terrible to have to close those gaps. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you're in your 20s, that's probably a pretty small change. You know, we're talking right. moving a couple of percentages is going to make a big difference. And when you're, you know, 55, those changes are going to have to be bigger. And also, it's kind of a unique perspective as well, because we really never know exactly what you're going to need in retirement. That number is always going to kind of change. But what you do always have the option of doing is, you know, if you are going to live on less and save more to retire, the other option is to save less and work longer, right? And so by increasing your savings, reducing your spending, you get to kind of play the game of, is this worth it? Am I, do I think that this lower amount is sustainable? Am I happy with this lower amount? Or should I just work a couple more years now that I've kind of tried out what this lower spending amount is and what I project that to be in retirement? So it's kind of a good window into what that lower spending might look like for you, what it might feel like. Another situation where this kind of thinking comes up quite often is career changers, right? Mm-hmm. And like the first thing somebody, a high, say a high earner in a stressful job that really wants a change, one of the first things they think about is, oh gosh, you know, I've been projecting out that I need so much in retirement and I'm not going to have that. And so... It usually, like, like the way I have that conversation with people is usually the retirement part. If you've done the, if you've been doing the work all along, that'll take care of itself. Because, if, you know, if you're going from making $200,000 a year and you're going to take a pay cut to 150000 yes, you're not going to be saving as much. But again, you know, if you can, if, if you decide at 55 years old that that kind of pay cut is worth it to you, mm-hmm. it's not like retirement isn't the issue. 
because right. you're going to be, if, if it's worth it for you to take that income cut now and reduce your spending accordingly, you're not going to change that again in retirement to go back to living like you did when you worked in that stressful job. And so that's been a pretty powerful thing too, because that's, that's usually a pretty emotional situation we have with clients, right? We've got somebody in a stressful job that they're not happy, but they feel trapped in a way. Yeah. So, you know, framing it like that, I think is a very helpful tool in those situations. Yeah. And, you know, I love how, you know, the, the financial side of it is obviously one piece of it, but I, I think you're right. Like figuring out how to live on less means that all yeah. that savings that you did when you made more is going to, you know, be that much more worthwhile. And you don't need to have those big savings amounts again, because you've successfully taken the other side and, and figured out how to live on less. But also a lot of people can typically and sometimes even want to work longer in a less stressful mm-hmm. job that they actually enjoy too. And so that... Yeah, of, that's... Yeah, that often is the outcome in those conversations too. And that's kind of maybe a different different topic from this. But yeah, you know, mm-hmm. if you find if you find that less stressful role with less money, but you can do it till 68 instead of 61, it's not going to have <laughs> as big an yeah. impact either. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. and I guess... Uh, you know, another thing that we could think about here in this situation too, not one that I've personally had, but I could see where it could come into play is what if you're going the other way, right? Like what if you all of a sudden you're five years out from retirement and you get a big pay raise, you know, if you spend that and it becomes part of your daily spending, that's going to be, you know, then it's a difference of, are you going to be able to save enough to be able to maintain that lifestyle right. versus, you know, just having, you know, cause once you, once you're using that money and once you're kind of used to that mm-hmm. lifestyle, it might be more challenging to go back down. So I think you need right. to be really now, careful Now something's about, taking something away from you instead right. of, yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Behavioral finance psychology folks refer to that as the hedonistic treadmill, right? Mm-hmm. And in a nutshell, you know, I guess one way to put it is the more money you need, the more money you need, Right. Right. If, or the more money you make, the more money you need to make because you're always going to be then comparing yourself to what your new level is. And it's hard. It's a lot harder to go backwards. And I just like to say the word hedonistic treadmill. So <laughs> I thought we had to work that in here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, so, so what do you do? You know, when you get those increases in wages, Try to increase your savings. Now, I know, you know, yeah, boy, have we talked about inflation this year, right? And it's one thing, <laughs> it's one thing if you're getting a cost of living adjustment and it's like, okay, good. Now I'm, you know, I'm back to even. That's one thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, yes, when that bonus check comes in or say you move up a level at work and now your, your income is jumped, sure, you know, spend some of it, enjoy some of it. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, there's no... There's no point in working hard without some kind of reward, but don't, don't take that new 10 or 15% and incorporate all of that into your new entertainment budget or, you know, whatever, whatever discretionary spending you're now adding on top of your normal budget. Because yeah, it's when you do hit retirement, then that is that much more that you need. Yeah. Because you're going to be used to it. Yeah. Yeah. We're creatures of habit very much so when it comes to money. And uh, always hard to go back. 
Yeah. I know when I was young and, and starting out, one of the things that I used to do every time I would get a raise is just, you know, if I got a 3% raise, I'd throw 1%, 1% more in my 401k. Mm-hmm. It's kind of twofold, right? Because it, it's a percentage. So not only am I yep. contributing a percentage more, but also I'm getting paid more. So that mm-hmm. percentage that I was contributing, the dollar amount actually goes up. So and That's just think of it, you know, another thing, especially when you're young and starting out, you know, I always tell people, you know, we might, we might want you to have a savings rate of 15%, but that doesn't mean you need to go from five to 15% right. tomorrow, right? Like it's a process, but also when, in terms of bonuses, you know, I, I think coming up with a good idea of, okay, I'm getting a bonus. So let's take 30% of this bonus and save it and spend mm-hmm. 70 or I'd personally lean more towards 50, 50, um, my wife probably leans more towards, you know, 80, 20. So I guess it's a preference thing. <laughs> That's um, another but podcast just too. Thinking of it in terms of what is my comfort level and, and having that conversation, figuring out that, that out beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then once you get that bonus, just automatically doing it as opposed to getting a bunch of money and then trying to figure out what you want to do because ultimately it's way easier to spend it than save it in a lot of cases, right? And so uh, yeah. having that conversation, thinking about those things beforehand is helpful. Yeah. Make it make it part of the process. But I think, you know, saving, whether you are, you know, whether you're getting increases or whether you're just saving more, like we talked about, can benefit you in multiple ways, right? Not only are you putting more money away for the future, but also you're learning how to live on lower expenses and that can be super beneficial for you in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about, uh, we've talked about those thresholds before that, you know, as income increases, study after study now has shown that happiness doesn't increase. The utility Mm -hmm. of that money diminishes the more you, the more you have and the more you spend, the less you enjoy what you're spending. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and if you need a refresher on that, um, I recommend the uh, show Secession on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> if you, you want to see how having billions of dollars makes people happy. Yeah, yes, but, indeed. Uh, we actually anyway, just started was... that. We're, we're two seasons in, so it's uh, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and talking about that and, and having money, I think there's something to be said too for, you know, there's a level of savings that's probably more than enough. So I, I don't... I think once you start hitting that, you know, 30% range, you really have to evaluate is, is this worth it yeah. the right thing for me? You know, there's some yeah, reasons right. why you might want to be up there. If maybe if you started late or maybe if your goal is to retire at 45, but for a lot of people that enjoy what they're doing and are planning on saving at a decent rate and retiring at normal retirement age, once you start right. getting above 20, you really, you know, need to think about whether or not that's really worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, you know, there's different levers you can pull. That may mean you can retire early, may mean you can step back partially. There's lots of different outcomes depending on how you feel about your job and 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 that sort of thing. But uh, the money's only worth what you do with it, right? Can't take it with you. I've heard that. I've heard that. <laughs> back to secession again. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> We're indulging ourselves on our 100th episode and talking about TV shows. I don't think we've ever done that before. All right. So anyway, that's my uh, that's my take on working at retirement goals from both ends. And sounds like uh, sounds like we're on the same page there. 
I love it. Maybe uh, episode 101 will be um, Dave and Nick's favorite financial TV shows or movies. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that'll thrill That'll thrill all 15 of our listeners. All right. There you go. Dave, always a pleasure. It's been fun, Nick. I'll talk to you later. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.